Okay, Ron, and uh, the study today, the number study for the tape is uh, 163. And uh, we're going to start tonight in Titus. We skipped over 2 Timothy because we're going to go back to it last. And uh, we skipped over 2 Timothy. Over into Titus now. And uh, I talked a little bit about that last in the last study. And we realized and understood from the... Uh, introduction there to the and that's in the uh, companion Bible that uh, uh, it said it had been suggested that this is owing uh, to Titus as being the authority to whom Luke is indebted for, for the various parts of the book which was the book of Acts and so you get uh you get the men that spent their life's business taking care of and looking at God's Word to rightly divide it and to understand all the the things that uh, is brought forth in that from time to time and place to place as the Lord uh, pours out His wisdom and understanding on us. Uh, with the knowledge that he has, that it's, uh, it's certainly no, uh, amateurish thing to want to get into, but it takes some understanding to, uh, to bear these things out as we go through it and to give those that, uh, uh, they generally pay somebody to tell them what they need to look at and what they need to do. It's, it's a, and I don't think there's many in this group, but it, it does happen all the time, everywhere. And sometimes it's not mentioned. Uh, these things aren't mentioned that way, but this, the, uh, that's the way it is, uh, with those who pay somebody to do what they, should do for themselves anyway. And I'm not uh, lowering anybody, but that's just the way it is. If if you're truly interested in the Word of God and you want to know what it uh, what it has for you, there ain't no better way of doing it than getting in there yourself and digging in and getting these things done. Okay, so we're going to go to Titus chapter 1. Uh, it's on page 1816, if you have a companion Bible. And we're going to look at a few verses here. I don't know how how far we can get here, but uh, I've got my notes done down through uh, four verses, and I guess that's probably about as, as far as we normally get, because lots of times we don't get but two, two verses, but still... Uh, we're not under a clock anywhere as far as I know other than uh, our lifespan. And I hope it uh, carries on until we get these things finished up. Okay, I'm going to read it out of the King James Version. Paul, it says, a servant of God 
and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, and to the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness. And this is uh, some of the epistolary salutation here. It runs down through. Uh, it runs down through the four verses that we've uh, kind of got lined up and lined out. And I'll just read you my notes. It says Paul, the apostle, and it, it should read a bond servant of God. And uh, nowhere else in any of Paul's epistles does he introduce himself this way. He's, he is now far enough along in his study of uh, the, the mystery and the right division that uh, he is now wholly given over, and I'm pretty sure he has been ever since the Damascus Road event, but... Uh, you know, it, it this changed a little bit. Paul the Apostle, a bondservant of God. And now he understands that his will now is not really his own anymore. But under the direction of God, and or also, he is an apostle of Christ Jesus. And I put in my notes, this course of Paul was no doubt directed by the Godhead. So he is, he is in tune with the Godhead. And, you know, when we talk about gifts from God, they generally come through the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times we don't really think about that too much. But uh, the gift of God, most of them, or all of them, are spiritual in nature. And so therefore, you know, the Holy Spirit imparts them to man through the leadership of Christ Himself. And we don't need to forget that when we pray and uh, when we make supplications or ask for supplications and things to God for uh, prayer and for the things that, that we can't do for other people that we wish we could. And so we realize that. And, and it's according, and all this is done according to faith. And when you look at faith, it boils down, basically boils down to a couple of words with man. And that's intent and purpose. And if you're going to do the Godhead's bidding, then it needs to be with your intent and their purpose. That's the way it works. That's the way I understand it to work. And, uh, if you promise, if you promise God, if He'll give you the privilege 
then the purpose should follow after as best as one can do it under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And I found out that that's the way I did it because I got salvation going down the road in a 63 Ford, an old station wagon. Uh, and, uh, and going down the road, I was making promises to God if He would, if He would help me take care of things I needed to change. And He did. I didn't have to go cold turkey on nothing. I went, I went to the one that has the hot stuff. He has what it takes to get it done. And so, one thing I gave up was smoking. And we won't discuss some of the other things, but that's, that's just the way it works. works. But according to the faith, the intent and purpose, and that is uh, part of the word kata. It's of God's elect, the choosing, and the acknowledging or the full knowledge of the purpose of the truth which is after godliness. And if you want to look that up, that's on appendage in the Companion Bible 137.5. And it's used to be or to be pious or devout toward anyone to act with reverence and respect and honor. And that's what we need to do. That's what we need to have when we uh, use our abilities with someone that don't know what we know concerning the Scripture and concerning the truth of God and the mystery of of His will. And then here we're going to go back to Jack's study and read out of the down from the Koine Greek. See what that says. And it says Paul, bondman of God. That's what that's what the Koine Greek says, bondman. So there again is is a bond servant, if you will, apostle, and of Jesus Christ, according to faith, elect of God, and acknowledging of truth, according to godliness, and on down to the more. Uh, newer part of uh, the English language it says Paul a bondsman of God an apostle of Jesus Christ according to elect faith of God and acknowledging the truth according to godliness and this is pretty much how it was brought down from the Koine Greek into the King James Version of English
And then we got Jack's notes here. And I always love to read Jack's notes. It's, he was a good friend of mine and I, I don't ever get him out of my mind for any period of time much. I got him and his wife's picture in my dining room. And I'm reminded every time I walk by it of him and his wife and the work that they did. So Jack says this, Paul considered himself a bond slave of God. He did not desire to have a will of his own, but from the Damascus Road could not consider his life his own. He knew he was a sent one or an apostle. That's that's basic. That's the basic of a uh, apostle is one sent, sent on errands and journeys of his master. The elect is a two-sided coin. And I never really thought about this. The one side is God's choice. On the other is whosoever will. Truth be affected toward the individual must be acknowledged. So, we need to acknowledge one that has spent time in God's Word and and knows it well. And so this is, uh, this is what Titus is, uh, this is what Paul is dealing with Titus here about. And there's not, so far there's not quite that much, uh, scripture that we need to look at, but there's three things here that we need to look at. And let's go back to Ephesians 4. And we're going to look at uh, verses 21 through 26. Ephesians 4. And we're going to read uh, 21 through 24 of Ephesians 4. That's on page 1706 if you have a companion Bible. Uh, 21 through 24. And it says this, If so be that ye have heard him, Christ, and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, full stop, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. So we're talking here about putting off and putting on, if you will. And said, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So that's one thing that the Scripture can really do for you if you will allow it to take its, take its hope in your mind. To be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So that change is a must. And that you put on the new man, which is after God, 
because it's created in righteousness and in true holiness. So that's that's what we need to be looking for if we're going to have a good testimony for our Lord and Christ Jesus. Okay, the other one is two parts, is in two parts, and it's in First Timothy. So you see, we don't get far away from where we've been until we need to go back and look at it a little bit again. In First Timothy, uh, I must not have marked it out. First Timothy, what did I say? Two, uh, two, one through four. First Timothy two, one through four, and then we're going to go to chapter six and look at one through three. First Timothy two four two one says this in eighteen oh one. I exhort therefore the first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. I need to read that again. First of all, supplications. And I, the best way I can explain that is to ask the Lord for something for someone else that you can't provide for you by yourself. And then prayers. And then intercessions. And giving thanks. That's four things to be made for all men. It said for kings. And for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. So we know who God our, our Savior is. No doubt about that. It says, who will have all men to be saved and to come and to the knowledge of the truth. You see, wisdom produces knowledge. And knowledge needs to be tempered with truth. Nothing else. Truth is what we're looking for. And so that's the first verse. So you see, when we, when we deal with it, that way and, and understand that that's what needs to be taken care of, then we're, we're truly in God's ballpark at that point in time. And then the second verse, the second verse says this, in hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Semicolon. So you see, he's not done with that verse. It's That's a pause there, but that's not a full stop. But when we look at that word in hope, that gives me the idea of something expected. And what 
is expected should be that that can be provided by God himself or the Godhead holy of of the three parts of the Godhead in hope. So if you have hope, you have something to look forward to. It, It is something out there that you haven't had yet in hope of eternal life. And I looked that up, and it says eternal life there is forever or A.D. to pass on of either the past or the future. So in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie, the unlying one, because he doesn't do lies, he doesn't accept lies, and he doesn't stand for lies. That which God that cannot lie, the unlying one, promised before age time. Or before the world began. Or was either even in existence. So you see, before the world began, is is you have to go back, and, and of course we've done studies on this in Genesis 1, but still, you know, we need to bring it back up in our minds occasionally that uh, we were known by God if we have been chosen. We were known by God before He ever made the earth or created the earth. We were in His mind at that time. Yeah. And so you, you kind of go along with that. The Paul says in hope of eternal life, which God cannot lie, promised before the world began, just throws it back to the same time if it's before the the casting down of yeah. the catabole. Right. So along the same time frame in which we were chosen. Because we were chosen before yeah. all that began. Before the all that began. It was all cast yeah. down. So it makes you wonder if uh, the two were, I think they're probably, Ben's and Sentitis, I would think that the two were pretty closely interrelated. And I haven't studied all that out, but yeah. very likely. Yeah. So, uh, let's go to Jack's rendering of this verse 2. Jack's rendering of out of the Koine Greek. It says, Upon hope of life of age, which promised the who cannot lie God. Before times of ages. That's the way it comes down in the going. Before age times. Yeah. Upon hope of age, life which God who cannot lie promised before the ages of time. Because the time was made for us, for men. It wasn't made for God. He, he, time is not a factor with Him. Yeah, we needed it. He did not. Ah. Uh, 
And so Jack says this in his notes, and it wasn't a wasn't a big note here for Jack, but uh, he's got a, a way of doing things accurately, whether they're a lot of words in it or not. But it, this is what Jack said about it. Much truth is hidden by fuzzy or inaccurate readings of this and other verses with similar words. The age life is God's promise of life of a specific age. The beginning and ending of this age is not spelled out. Though the promise is in a particular age, the time of God's making the promise was before ages of time, which began in Genesis 1.14. Now we've got three or four or five things here that we need to look at. And we're going to go back a dispensation in this verse of Scripture and read it first because I want to go back and it, it's not that far back but I want to go back to Romans 3 or Jack does he wants us to go to Romans 3 and look at, look at what it says in Romans 3 so let's do that to begin with and we're going to start at uh, Romans 3 let me get back to my we're going to look at verses 1 through 4 in Romans 3. And Paul is talking here, like I said, in a dispensation past. So it says, What advantage then hath the Jew? Or what profit is there of circumcision? That's Two questions in one. But it says much in every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? That's two more questions in one verse. Then he says, then, uh, Paul says, God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy saying, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. So that's what it takes. Uh, to get there without, without. But let's look at the, uh, let's look at the rest of the scripture that goes with, uh, with this. Because we go back, we go back to the dispensation of, of the hope that we're dealing with here. And let's go back again to Ephesians 1, and uh, look at Ephesians 1, uh, 
Ephesians 1, 3 through 5. Ephesians 1, 3 through 5 says, Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world. We just we just talked about that a little bit as we read out of the King James Version. That we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us or preassigned us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. To understand that we have been adopted in to the family of God. Never get tired of reading it. <laughs> or hearing as, it. As, a, as a son of God is a wonderful thing. You need to never forget that. Uh, that is something that you very seldom hear in some churches because they they don't know how to deal with it quite often. And uh but it's it's rather straightforward it is. Okay, Colossians let's look at Colossians one twenty five twenty six. We'll skip over Philippians on this one. And go to Colossians 1, and we're going to look at 25-26. Yeah, page 1782. But, you know, you could go back and start anywhere here. And uh, I like to go back to 24 anyway. It says, Who now rejoice... He's talking about he was I Paul had made a minister who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the assembly. I know you read in church, but I got to where I read assembly quite often. Okay. Better word. Because, you know, generally when you talk to somebody about church, they, they thinking about a building somewhere that they meet in, but, uh, truly, it's just a building until the church gets there. And the church is the assembly. Okay. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the Word of God. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations but now is made manifest 
to his saints, those adopted ones that he chose to make saints of. Paul says, that's why I'm here. That is what I have been called to do. The rest is just stuff. Okay, let's read another one. Let's go to Second Timothy 1. You know, when we started First Timothy, I said, well, we'll have a lot of Second Timothy uh, done when we get through First Timothy. But, you know, if you add Titus to it, then that, that makes it a little even, even a little fuller in that sense. We're going to look at verses 8 and 9. It says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me a prisoner, but be thou partakers of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. And certainly Paul was, uh, had abounded in these afflictions that, uh, we're talking about here because he suffered a lot of things to fill up that which Christ didn't get to do while he was here in person. Mm-hmm. But he's going to do it when he comes back. Because when he went back into heaven, the promise was that he'd return. So, if there's anything lacking at that point, then it'll all be put under his feet. It'll all be put under the feet of Christ. So between what he did when he came and what he chose Paul to do, and Paul did it, then if there's anything lacking, he's going to fulfill all this stuff and do away with that that Satan did to this creation. What about that? Think about that. We read in Scripture the all things, and a lot of times we don't take time to stop and think about what the all things mean. But the all things is what Satan did, starting in the Garden of Eden with mankind, continuing on right now till this present minute. Verse 9, talking about the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus. When was it given to us? Before the world began. That was when the promises were made. We didn't have a part in that. That was God's will. We couldn't have said yes or no at that point. But you see, when we were put here, and things worked down to where you come to this understanding then, How great was that? Gee, 
You know, that's, that's, that's kind of hard to believe sometimes. Okay, First Timothy. Uh, so, I mean, Second uh, Timothy 1 and 8. Okay, and then we're going to go from Second Timothy 1, 8 and 9. We're going to go to Hebrews 6. Going to go beyond Titus to Hebrews 6. And I like to do it uh, this way because that way I don't have to turn back and forth, back and forth in, in, in Scripture. Okay, Hebrews 6, 18 through 20. So it's on, let's see, it's on the next page. I should have known it because I didn't have a bookmark here. Okay, we got 18 through 20. The last three verses in chapter 6 of Hebrews. He's talking about the immutable things that makes it impossible for, for God to lie. Said that by two immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to die for to lie, and we might have a strong consolation who had fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul both safe and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. Whether the forerunner is for us is entered, even Jesus Christ made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Okay, so that's, uh, that's what we have in verse 2. So let's flip back to Titus and look at verse 3. How much time we got left, Ronnie? Right? Okay. It says, But rather in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. So we can't leave out uh, the preaching because it was chosen by God as a way to provide His Word, word uh, to mankind here. It's, in three, I like to do this. You see the but there? And half has, has been added. But I like to add my own thing. And this is Paul's too. It's not my own thing, but I think about it every time I see it. So I like to use a but now there. But now, in due times, manifested His Word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandments of God our Savior. So, 
but now in due times and or numbers of seasons manifest or brought to light his word which is understandably truth because he cannot lie through or by the way of preaching. And that word in the Greek is kirugma. Kirugma. That which is proclaimed, which is committed unto me, to bear unto you, according to the commandment or order of God our Savior. Because that's what a commandment is. It is an order of God. It is an order of law of God. Because if God speaks it, He speaks it in truth, and it is a command or an order not to be lightly taken. I can't really say it any different from that. Let's see what Jack says about that. Let me get my clip out of my book that Jack got because it's got to where the pages don't want to stay where they ought to be. And uh, so we'll go to three here. Verse three. It says manifested, but in its season. Oh, the word of him and proclamation wherewith entrusted I was according to commandment of Savior of us God. And to bring it on down to the more modern English, but his word was manifest in its own season and proclamation wherewith I was entrusted according to the commandment of the Savior God. So Jack says in his notes, and they're still short to the point, here that God has his plan. Does he ever? And uh, when I forgot my first companion Bible, and I was going through it and seeing how I could really make sense out of it, I, I got over there in the appendices and found out that he had a plan and purpose set forth in the pages of that that made a lot of sense toward, I think it's, what about a page 190 or something like that? 198. Yeah, the eternal purpose. Yeah. So, that was when I understood that God had a plan and he was sticking to it. His word was directed to his servants in his time according to his will. And Paul was given the mystery according to God's commandment. You can find that in Ephesians 3.9. The latter seven epistles of Paul contained in the gospel of the mystery, which had been hidden until the time of the revelation to the Apostle Paul. And again, we're going back to First Timothy and Second Timothy uh, to read the uh, 
scripture that Jack wanted to read. First Timothy one eleven. And First uh, Timothy one eleven. Was it that the only one in Yep, that's what it when it said, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which was committed to my trust. And I'll just read 12. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. So, you know, you can't hardly read one without reading the other because that commitment was made to Paul. And I I don't know of any other person in history anywhere that could have done a better job than Paul did. Because the Lord knows, He knows who to entrust these great things to, and, and He certainly did. Think about God's choosing people. God knows everybody. Yeah. And when he chooses one to do a specific thing, out of all the ones that he knows, it's got to be the right one. Because only he yeah. knows enough about what's out there to not get it wrong. Yeah. Ain't that... That just, that just blows your mind. Yeah, when you think about him choosing from all that he knew that he had to choose from, how can he? How can he get wrong? Yeah. He's the only one that has all the information about what needs to be done and the foreknowledge to get it done. Yeah, and choosing. And, and and you really can't hide from. No. It. Okay. Okay. The second thing there in three was Second Timothy four. So let's go back and look. From Titus 1, let's just turn the page back one. I believe it's turning the page back one. If you got a companion Bible and you find that it is Second Timothy 4 there. And we're going to look at 16 and 17 there. And uh, this, Paul said he's, he's ready now to be offered. He said, in the time of my departure is at hand. But that's verse 6. But he says in 16, At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known. Not partially known. Not a little bit now and a little bit then. But fully known as God gave it to him. And that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. So he was he was very receptive to his job and what he done and his testimony of himself was 
I did what God gave me to do. And what else would a man need to say when he stands before God and hears God say, Well done, my dear saint. And he knew that Paul could do that. Certainly. That's the way it was. I guess we've took about our hour up now. Okay, so we'll we'll stop with three. We'll do four and more. Four and more sounds good the next time. So. Uh, and but you know when you when you read and look at these things and you get the you get the gist of the enormity of what's being said here. And what's being proclaimed and shown. A lot of people might say, well, you know, I get tired of that. Well, no, you don't. You shouldn't. I used to get a little bit tired of salvation. But I realized that when I was getting the salvation message again, that it wasn't for me so much as it was for someone else that was there with me. And so it wasn't a big deal either way. But here, with Paul, it was a gigantic deal because what he was given was something that we just, it's just hard to comprehend. The enormity of that when you think about all the people that are in the earth today. And a lot of them never get to hear the Word of God because they live in places that they don't allow it to happen. But nevertheless, we need to be cognizant of the fact that we have things going for us that other people don't. And that's the peace. I think that's the peace that God describes when He talks about supplication, intercession, prayer, and all these things. And He always says grace with peace. Because that's where you can go to get the peace of God. It's, it, it don't matter how bad things are. If you turn it over to the one that can do something about it, what else do you desire? Certainly, God's will be done. Thank you for being with us tonight. We'll get on in Timothy and see what, see what gives there as we go through it. Thank you for your time.